Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Retail Legends Podcast. Designed for retail leaders and retail lovers alike, the Retail Legends Podcast is designed to provoke thought, challenge ideas, encourage growth, and most importantly, offer leadership and insight to help retailers be both prepared and proactive in response to retail's always evolving and constantly demanding needs. On this episode, host Nicole Leinbach Rayleigh was joined by Brett Patrintash, co-founder of mobile-based workforce management app Shift, and astound chief experience officer Andrew Lebowitz. Patrintash and Rayleigh spoke at length about how Shift is working to engage hourly staff members and drive frontline efficiency for retailers. Specifically, Patron Tash highlighted how Shift aims to help retail associates cover shifts when challenges present themselves, consolidating a solution that helps these workers solve their work-related problems in one convenient, easy-to-use location. Here's that interview with Brett. Welcome, Brett. We are at the National Retail Federation Big Show here in New York City 2020, and you are a founder of Shift. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Nicole. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. So why don't you tell our listeners what Shift is? Sure. Well, Shift is an app that helps retail workers get their shift covered uh, and really fill their shifts in real time. So we're this new age mobile WFM solution that really helps create um, real time coverage of shifts for associates in retail. So I love this because the reality is, is there are challenges to employee schedules. There are life circumstances that come out of nowhere and you often have to just change things, right? You have to take a shift. And so beyond that, just a general planning of employees, particularly when you have multiple stores and multiple you know, associates, of course. So what, when you originally founded this, what was in mind? What, did, what were you forecasting that the need for this was to fill? Yeah, so back in 20, uh, 2015 and 2016, when we started the company, there was a real need for hourly workers to have tools that are built for them. And when we first started the company, we were actually a B2C focused app. We got to about 100,000 users before we ever started working with enterprise customers. And at that time, it was really about solving what are these needs that workers have? And they were using WhatsApp groups and text message groups and things like that to say, hey, I can't make it into work. Can someone else cover it? Or even share photos of their schedules with their coworkers. And so we said, hey, we have to provide and build a solution that can help them solve this problem. Uh, and it started to build in popularity to the point where we were able to start working with some really great enterprise customers. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I imagine one of the, the key things you're trying to deliver here is convenience. That's for sure. You know, people need to have an intuitive experience where they can just take their phone out of their pocket, fill a shift and show up, you know, an hour or two later or the next day. Um, that's what today's millennial and Gen Z generations are really expecting out of technology to connect with their workplace. And so that's what we focus on helping to provide. So you're delivering that for the actual employees, but what about the employer? What is this delivering for them? A huge amount of time savings and labor optimization. Employers want to be able to connect with their workforce and provide engaging solutions that um, connect with their audiences. And that's what Shift helps to provide. And so also we're able to optimize labor. It's this new world where I can just take out my phone, access the Shift marketplace and broadcast or cover a shift. Uh, and so we're reducing absenteeism by more than 60%. Uh, we're helping managers save two to four hours a week. So employers and employees are really gaining some great benefits in using our application. So it reminds me of frictionless retail from the consumer 
avenue, journey of purchase, if you will. To me, this is a frictionless employee experience. And it's delivering on just, like we said, convenience, but it's eliminating those roadblocks that often frustrate associates and delivering on something that they can actually say, hey, this is great. And it, to me, I would envision this because I have to say I've never personally been able to use it, right? I, I, I do work for myself. I haven't been so lucky to use this yet, um, but I have done demos and I find that it just, it relieves stress in so many different ways. For sure. I mean, unemployment is uh, very low right now. Workers have lots of options. And so employers want to provide tools for their associates that people view as benefits. And we conducted a, um, a survey with a national retailer, and we found that 93% of these associates were actually viewing shift as a benefit and a reason why they would want to work for that employer. Um, so it really seems to be win-win. And what about, can you speak to um, any sort of technologies that you guys might integrate with or partner with or other things within this massive retail landscape that are also benefiting merchants in those applications? For sure. We have some fantastic workforce management alliance partnerships um, with some great partners that are um, you know, pretty large workforce management players. And we integrate with these systems to be able to pull calendars into Shift. We optimize that labor in real time and feed it back to those systems so that if you have a large employer that's already on a workforce management tool but might want a very robust mobility offering as well, we can partner to provide that. I love that. I think that integration is key. And here we are again at the NRF 2020 show in New York City. And one of the things that I love seeing as I navigate the show floor is in fact these partnerships are existing among all these fantastic tech solutions such as your own. So I'm curious what you've seen here at NRF as well as you've been navigating the show floor. What's jumping out at you as the future of retail? Yeah, future of retail, I mean, there's so much. And I honestly stay a little bit um, deeply focused on what we do yeah. in the workforce management space. So I don't know if I can speak too in depth on well, the future of retail trends. But for us in the workforce space, um, the future of workforce management is mobile and social. So how we uh, include a social layer into the technology that we build. Um, there's lots of messaging functionality and group chat and team feeds that are available on our application. And I think, you know, as far as the larger retail landscape, what I'll say is when you have this millennial and Gen Z workforce that's starting to become more and more of the retail workforce population, it's a bit about how do we build technology that resonates with them? Whether it's buy online, pick up and store, click and collect, inventory management. We have retail companies that are building a lot of these applications. Uh, and what we try to do is, is show retailers, how do we build um, technology that has great user experience, a great design, and really resonates with the person using it. You have consumers and the shoppers are now millennial and Gen Z, and so are the workers. So, um, you know, I did a presentation at the show here where we talk about how uh, millennials right now own on average seven connected devices and use 3.3 of those devices every day. And so when you think about the retail technology landscape that's available in store, they're used to using all these different systems. And so we try to just help make lives better for them and uh, work with retailers to do that as well. I think it's pretty interesting that you mentioned social and mobile, and of course, generations. A recent study that I was just looking at tells us that 27, the age 27 is the highest population in this country, in the United States. Sure. And 25 is the second highest number. Okay, so if 27 year olds and 25 year olds are our most populated demographic right now, you know, how do we react to them? And you're doing that through social mobile. That's what they expect. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's what we're here to do, build yeah. consumer experiences. You know, it used to be about, is this technology enterprise grade? And are we building something that's uh, secure and integrated? And that's important when we think about the investments we make in retail tech, that's always going to be important. But now the question is, is this consumer grade? 
is this something that I can just pick up and start using right. uh, without needing a training manual? You know, use it for a minute or two, put it away, and, and have that technology fade into the background so that I can get on to serving customers. And speaking of that, is it? Do you feel it? I mean, I, I believe it is because I've done the demo, but would you say that the response is just like seamless? You're it is. I mean, we model our design thinking around some of the world's largest consumer apps, companies like Instagram, Snapchat, um, that know how to engage their workers and really uh, create this high 50% DAU over MAU engagement. So the amount of workers who are on the app every day, you know, about half of them uh, who use it each month use it every day. And so we focus on creating these experiences in the app so that people can just browse the shift marketplace, find something that they might want to cover, cover it, and then get back to serving customers. So I want to touch on that a little bit because some people are not familiar with the shift marketplace term. And to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the expert here, is that means that if there's an open job, let's say you're working with one specific retailer within a shift marketplace, and there's availability at a, let's say, a waitress restaurant availability or a retail store availability, something's open and you can say, I'll snag that. Right? So sort of, okay, so there's these concentric circles of gig economy layers within um, this whole retail shift marketplace functionality. Where we sit is within a branded labor pool, we help optimize that, maybe cross-site, maybe out of site, maybe even cross-departmental. Beyond that, you have this world of gig economy, which I think is a little bit more popular right now, as you said, in hospitality. There's, it's still gonna be a few more years before that type of um, gig environment makes its way into a trained retail environment. I'm not, I'm not certain we get there. We may, you know, okay. at some point, but that's still a few years out. So what we focus on is, is helping uh, retailers think about how do we pool labor to create better efficiency? So if I have a smaller footprint of a store and I might only have five workers on site, but maybe I have 10 uh, sites within a region. We can create a uh, regional group where you can broadcast shifts to all of that labor. Anybody can click on it and then come into that store. And so we're trying to create that same type of gig economy look and feel, but within uh, the um, uh, employer's associate base. Fantastic, I think that's great. You're definitely filling a void that's existed that needs to be filled, so well done. Thank you. So as you look ahead to 2020, what do you think within workforce management can we expect? Oh, so much to you know come for 2020 and ahead. We have we spent a lot of last year building out some really exciting infrastructure and integrations and preparing for a next big wave of advanced feature development. I picture a world where we can get to a point where no shift is ever missed again. And when I think about what workforce management has been for the last 20 years, it's these really fantastic uh, labor planning and uh, advanced scheduling systems that get great at predicting when workers need to work. Um, but what we do is then ingest that data and we're a supply side scheduling system. So we help workers uh, get those shifts covered in real time and optimize that to the point where no shift is ever missed again. And that's pretty much um, the, the area of vertical focus that we're gonna keep digging into. I love that, no shift is ever missed again. Well, I will be sure not to miss what you guys continue to do because I've been following you for years. We first met at another big show, Shop Talk, That's many right. years ago in Las Vegas, and I really enjoyed what you guys have done. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. It's Absolutely. great to see you again. Thank you. This ease also optimizes time and resource management for employers, helping them optimize labor management and reduce absenteeism and other barriers to success. While Shift aims to bring a frictionless experience to the retail workforce, Astound and Leibowitz want to provide the same but on a larger scale. Leibowitz draws from a career in architecture, leveraging that experience to help Astound provide innovative, exciting customer experiences. Here's that interview. 
So Andrew, I'm so excited that you're here with me at the National Retail Federation Big Show 2020 vision looking ahead, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm excited because I only recently found out that you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. who yes. is now working as the chief experience officer for Astound Commerce. That's right. So can you kind of tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial life and now where you are today? Yeah, totally. Um, it's a great story for me, I think. Uh, uh, so it, my initial love was architecture. I studied architecture at Berkeley, fell in love with it, knew that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Loved studying it, got a job, hated being one. And what I learned is that architecture is the ultimate user experience design discipline. You think about how to create a space like this, how you're going to move people through light and circulation to perform a function in a branded environment, which is what we do digitally. And so um, I had this amazing good fortune, and it's also how I advise other entrepreneurs today to marry what I absolutely loved with a real need in the world. And so I left the built world, went into the digital world, and applied all those architectural trainings to what I do now. Fantastic. That's great advice that any entrepreneur can kind of mimic into their own reality. I think so. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. So um, let's take this step further because entrepreneurs are constantly trying to evolve and grow their businesses as well as seasoned businesses are doing yeah. the same, right? There's this evolution always looking ahead of us. And with a new decade here, 2020, looking ahead, what can you, based on what you've seen here at the NRF Big Show or just what you're seeing in general right now, what can you offer as insight for businesses to really leap forward and find that opportunity to take and marry into something that can be a need? Absolutely. Uh, well, it's so interesting because what I'm seeing at this show is like a completely divided retail universe, kind of like our country a little bit. It's like on the one half are retailers of all stripes and brands that totally get it, that have it dialed in, where innovation is like their groundwater that they drink every day and not something that's on a list that they have to do, right? They are seeing the new world of commerce. And on the other side are the ones that are fighting it. Yeah. The ones that still talk about millennials, who are now, by the way, 40 years old right? on the upper end, yeah. right? Who, you know, Gen Y and Gen Z are 60% of the US population and account for $350 billion of retail spend. So they're already your customer. That's exactly and right. So there's a whole sector of the retail universe that's still, that's looking at things in the rear view. So I think a sad projection I have, or maybe a mixed, yeah. is that some people are gonna rock it and be the next leaders. And these are not just startups, not just disruptors, right? These are established retailers that are finding new life, like Crate and Barrel, that, you know, just the other day, heard them talk about collaborations that they're doing with media companies to deliver unexpected products to their audience and that. like excite their customer. And, but the most exciting story I saw was L'Oreal for Color & Co, which is their home coloring solution offering. And um, they innovated in such a meaningful way with their audience where you can have a video chat with a stylist. So basically a digital consultation and help them formulate in a custom way the right color for you and just by having that video chat, which is a pretty serious innovation, yeah. they boosted uh, conversion 25 times Isn't that over a user just doing a quiz. 
And you know what? When I hear you tell me that story, I immediately think about they're responding to how consumers want to be engaged through that digitalization, through that personalization, and through that media connection as well. Yeah. And so I love that you know, brand like L'Oreal, which is, you know, a legacy brand, really, really, right? is doing that. But we can mimic that across all businesses of all sizes. That's totally true. And, you know, granted that that beauty, beauty and luxury have really been front runners mm-hmm. in the digital experience innovation space. Right. They've really especially since they were so what's interesting about that is they were so reticent to adopt e-commerce in the beginning. You're probably not as old as I am, but like that's what I remember is they were late to the game with e-commerce. They felt it wasn't on brand to do it. And then as soon as social came around, it was, it was obvious this is immense opportunity for them. Well, and luxury is a whole different ball game in yeah. itself in terms of who their audience is. And we were, you briefly talked about generations and you briefly said you might be older than me, but I would beg to argue we could be closer than you think. And on that point, I want to know if you could take off your chief experience officer hat, put on your customer shoes and tell me the best consumer experience you've recently had that you can re- reflect back on. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. And um, so what's really interesting, let me just touch on that millennial thing yeah. again, because I think millennial is used as a catchword for this new era of shopping behavior. And it really crosses generational lines. I think the whole, the reason millennials is still stuck around as a catchword is because companies that want to ignore it and wish it would go away can use it in a denigrating way so that they don't have to deal with it. And they're ultimately gonna suffer. And so the ones, the reason I say that is because even though I'm a Gen Xer, I'm really an Xennial, I think, of myself. I like that, and so Because um, all of those shopping behaviors that we attribute to younger demos really exist across all age groups and especially with me. So for my personal experience, I love, I shop a little bit more like a, a Gen Z might shop, right? I really love frictionless, a more curated experience, less choice, no stress, high service. Love that. And um, so, you know, one of my predictions for 2020 is that some of our really amazing companies that have been around for a while are going to be shown up by some of the upstarts at their own game. And like, here's one example, and I say this with love, because I love Nordstrom. I think Nordstrom does an amazing job. I think they've invested incredibly in their digital, their customer service is legendary. But this holiday, I shopped Essence, which is S-S-E-N-C-E.com, which you should shop. And they're a relatively young company, massive SKU count. So they're not like one of these upstarts that has one product and can make this amazing curated experience around it. They have like 11 billion products, right? And, but the shopping experience is so fluid, so beautiful. There's very quick ways to home in on something you might like, but the best part is the customer service. So I bought a handful of things, mostly for myself, but also some for my kids. And one didn't fit. And I called up, did not wait, and this is in the middle of holiday, did not have to wait, got a return order, got a lot of direction, got handheld, got followed up with later on, at their, on their own volition just to make sure that it works. 
it was the most fabulous experience. I will shop there forever. I love that. I'm a big fan of the red carpet customer service experience, whether it's online or in physical store. Me too. And so I always say, you have to be starstruck. Yeah. Right? If you, you do. are a, a brand, you need to be starstruck with your customers. And what do you do with stars? You tend to treat them like royalty, right? Yeah. Because you are, in fact, starstruck. So it sounds like you got the royal treatment, and then ultimately they got your autograph, which is your credit card, so to speak, or whatever your payment. By the way, what payment do you use? Because payments is such a big category we're seeing here at NRF. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, it varies quite a bit how I'm shopping. Yeah. So uh, if I'm in store, uh, I just expect mobile pay. And if it isn't there, I'm shocked and slightly horrified, but still accept it because it's early days, right? Um, online, uh, if I'm shopping on my phone, I will almost just, almost always just use PayPal because I'm all about efficiency. I'm not really like uh, adherent to points or anything with any one provider. Um, but then if I am like occasionally shopping on desktop, like in the old way, I will always just use my credit card. Isn't that fascinating? Right. So it just proves that retailers truly do need to offer a variety of payment acceptance, right? Because I think so. you have to be able to cater and nobody wants that, well even you said it earlier, nobody wants to have a friction, a road barrier that says to them, okay, I want to pay with PayPal, you don't have it, boom, I'm taking my business elsewhere. So I think that's really interesting that you use three different choices totally. of payment. At least. Yeah. And sometimes probably more. And I, and I think this is a really relevant question to this emerging consumer mm -hmm. behavior because um, they really, they like I saw a report, I think it was Forrester, about how quick Gen Z is to reject a brand completely from relevance. And that it really takes one bad digital experience. It was like 4X as bad if it was a bad mobile experience oh, wow. because they operate and live on mobile. Yeah. And then the same if, if, if payment was frictionful. Yeah, I believe it. I've read a lot of research that tells more or less that same story. And I think yeah. retailers absolutely have to respond to that. And I think such as, you know, Astound Commerce and, you know, other technologies and platforms and solutions out there, they have to be able to partner yeah. with the other payment providers and external companies and things that are going to welcome that frictionless experience for consumers. Totally. You know, it's uh, this is relevant to one more prediction for 2020 or that I think is really important is uh, I think social commerce is finally going to happen. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Yeah. And it, and one big part of that is because we're already there. Right. Right. I think it's like two and a half billion people are on some social platform worldwide. And in this country, we spend something like something ridiculous, like two hours, like two and a half hours a day on social, which is amazing, right? Like it's more than I talk to my children, I think. Yeah. And uh, so we're already there. And the payment piece is so key to it. So like checkout on Instagram is going to flourish because it is 100% frictionless. And this uh, this audience, this new mindset that we're catering to is going to absolutely love it. And their buying power demands it. And I think as yeah. merchants, we simply have to recognize that. So you have been so fun to talk to, thank you. If our listeners want to learn more about Astound Commerce, where do they find you? 
Oh, at stowncommerce.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing if your predictions come true. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening and follow us for future episodes. And remember, retailers need to step outside of their comfort zones and into other touch points and opportunities that are influencing their businesses, including their customers. Learn from others and learn from the Retail Legends podcast, which you can look forward to on Tuesdays. Make sure to subscribe to Retail Legends wherever you listen to your podcast content, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or beyond. That's a wrap on this week's episode of Retail Legends. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.